Welcome to Mormon Book Reviews, where an evangelical encounters the restoration. But this is actually a very special Mormon media reviews segment with my co-host, Rebecca Biblioteca is in the house. How are you doing today? Ooh, good morning, Steve. It's a little early, but I'm very excited about this interview. I've been looking forward to this for a while. Yeah, me too. And you're really excited because, you know, one of the things that was really, I think, one of the most formative things in my journey in within the Restoration is actually outside of the Restoration, <laughs> is my encountering the Freeburg paintings in the Book of Mormon at a Marriott hotel when I was around seven or eight years old. And that had an impact on me. And that's what first piqued my curiosity. If those paintings aren't in the Book of Mormon, probably not doing that sh the show today. That's how impactful art has been on me. But then as I, I never really thought about it that way. But then I have my very first book review is A Pentecostal Reads the Book of Mormon. He has a wonderful chapter in here on Book of Mormon art. And of course, he was the one that identified Christopher at the time, the oldest extant painting of a Book of Mormon scene. And that was this done by David Hiram Smith, the son of Joseph Smith. And originally, uh, Christopher wanted to have the paint this painting on the cover. But because of the greens and stuff, they just couldn't quite make it work. So they went with the, uh, the teacher painting, which uh, Christopher is a big fan of, by the way. And uh, then uh, he identified this was 1874, oldest Book of Mormon painting, a story of a Book of Mormon painting, okay, extent that we know of. But then last year, I was Zooming with Devin Jensen. And we were just kind of having a conversation on Zoom about like, okay, what do we want to do? I want to have, yeah, what are we going to talk about? And he starts telling me about these dioramas, these paintings that the church has, C.A. Christensen, right? And, and of course, Jenny, you're, you're going to be writing a book on that. So we're going to talk about that too. But he told me, yeah, these date to around 1871. And I said, you know what, dude, I think we just identified or the now the oldest Book of Mormon painting. So this channel, for whatever weird reason, kind of got into art. So when I heard a little while back that there's going to be this Book of Mormon art catalog, and you guys have this awesome collection of Book of Mormon stories paintings. This is a very long introduction, but this is really important. <laughs> it's such a uh, fascinating topic. You have it, to get it really started. Is. We're so excited to have Jenny here. So. <laughs> yeah, we're very much so. But Jenny Champal. Welcome to the program. You are the director of the Book of Mormon Art Catalog. You're the uh, person who's really put this thing together. And we want to talk about this. And first of all, just welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for having me. And uh, so we reached out to you and you were so kind to reach back to us and tell us that you're interested in coming on the program to talk about this uh, wonderful thing. And before we actually, because we're going to actually have like, uh, we're going to just talk about Book of Mormon Art. And uh, but before we do that, and we're also going to go over some of the uh, objects in the collection. But before we do that, uh, Jenny, I want you to give us a little background of where did this idea germinate of a Book of Mormon art catalog? And who are some of the key people that were kind of um, involved in maybe getting this thing rolling? Oh, thanks. Yeah. So um, as I've been working on studying the history of LDS visual culture, over the past few years, I found that it was really difficult to get a comprehensive picture of what had been done and the patterns in production and, and just why the art looks the way it does, um, because it was so hard to pull together all the different sources. There hasn't ever been a central repository for LDS art or Book of Mormon art in particular. 
Um, and a couple years ago, I was writing uh, a history of how Lehi's dream has been visualized in the art. And it it was so much work to try to pull together, you know, to look through different museums or catalogs or studios or, um, or galleries and collections and try to figure out wh what's been done. Oh, and also church media and manuals. Um, and I just thought it would be so useful for scholars to have a central repository where they could go to to find how the Book of Mormon has been visualized by artists. Um, how how have members of the church been engaging with that scripture? Um, it just my background is actually in in Dutch Golden Age art is is what I've studied most as an art historian. Hmm. But it was similar kinds of questions of looking at the art and the religion and how. Um, how the art shows us uh, the, the values and beliefs of the people and how the religion influenced the art and, and sometimes vice versa. Uh, and as I was thinking about scholars, then I was also thinking about artists and I was thinking, wouldn't it be great if artists had a better platform to reach a broad audience of church members or other interested individuals? Um, and I think I saw in my work on Lehi's dream that um, there were there were like very particular patterns that artists tended to follow and those patterns were established early on in the art and it seemed to me that right, when we have this sort of closed universe of art um, that we only see the same images or the same scenes depicted in similar ways over and over that it makes it harder for artists to break outside that box and think about alternative interpretations or um, moments in the story or different ways of depicting it. So I thought maybe if we could bring together a, a bigger repository of what's been done in the art, it might allow artists to um, to sort of break outside of that, right? And fill in the gaps to see what <clears throat> what hasn't been done. What are the stories that haven't really been visualized very often? Or what are the stories that are always visualized the same way? And are there are there other ways that we might think about interpreting those stories? So I was thinking about scholars, thinking about artists, and then also just church members and, and other interested people, um, right? We In the church, we tend to, to default to our um, images we see in the church media catalog and our manuals, and they're wonderful images, and there's a, a place for those, but I, I strongly believe that art affects the way that we think about our scripture and our history. Um, sometimes even subconsciously, we don't even realize how much the way we think about it has been affected by the images we've seen. Um, so I just thought uh, for teachers or for parents um, or just people studying the Book of Mormon, it would be great to have a broader variety of art to look at. Um, you know, I think religious art is is inherently sort of problematic because, first of all, we often don't know what things really looked like, right? There's a lot of question marks. Um, there's often a variety of valid interpretations. There isn't always just one way to think about a scripture. And then visual art is a different medium than the scriptural text. And when you're translating text into a visual medium, <clears throat> um, that can be problematic, right? And things can get lost in translation, things can be changed. Um, but there's also a great potential uh, for visual art to um, reach people in a different way or make make new ideas accessible. 
Um, so in, in my mind, I think the solution to these problems is not less art, but more art. I think the more art, the better. Wow. Um, just uh, real quick, um, uh, my last name is Pinecker, Um and there was a Dutch painter named Adam Pinecker. Uh he, His paintings are at actually the, um, the Ringling Museum here in Sarasota. There's a handful of his paintings there. Are you familiar with the work of Adam Pinecker? It's spelled P-J-I-N-A-K-C-K-E-R, but it's, 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 uh, that's, I think that's how he spells it. Uh, are you familiar with his work at all? No, I'm not, but thank you for letting me know. I'll look him up. Okay, great. Uh, Rebecca, uh, why don't you, uh, I'm having a little issue with my mouse again, like we had yesterday. Oh, no. So uh, just pipe in and uh, I'll you try disappear. to fix this. I'll, I'll, I'll hold down the show. That's it. So that's so funny because my undergraduate was humanities art history with an emphasis in uh, Northern Renaissance artists. So <laughs> we're all connected. Oh. It's great. So oh, no, I, I have a very, like Steve, I have a very strong connection and attraction to the art of the Book of Mormon. Um, when I was a kid, we didn't have a lot of outside media. I've talked about this before. And at church, I was one of those kids that we were not allowed to bring anything else in to draw on, you know, paper, pencils or anything. What we could do is read our scriptures. So the Bible, eh, whatever, it's just text. But the Book of Mormon, there are some pictures. So I spent countless hours just staring at the pictures and scrutinizing them and just, you know, just sort of almost in a fantasy like way, just diving into the pictures. And it really did become what the Book of Mormon was to me. So I absolutely agree uh, with what you're saying there. And I, and I love the idea. I love the idea that new art um, being exposed to it can lead to new interpretations in a way that you haven't seen before. So the other thing I thought was so interesting when I was reading about the catalog, and I've been on it quite a bit. It's a rabbit hole, everybody. If you if you get in there, you won't get out for a while. Um, the idea that it's not only LDS artwork, am I correct in this? But many different artists, um, maybe without an LDS background, just fascinated by the Book of Mormon stories and, and that rich visual history are able to contribute. So maybe talk about the different places that you gather i mean you touched on it a little bit but and also sources that we might not have thought of you know yeah great question um and let me mention too my funding for this project came through the laura f willis center uh for book of mormon studies which is part of the neil a maxwell institute for religious scholarship at brigham young university okay. and uh, i approached them with this idea and they loved it and were so generous and, and gave me a grant to help fund the project and i have some research assistants some undergraduate students at byu that have done a fantastic job um so so um candace brown noel bear elizabeth finlayson uh, and Emma Belknap um, have, have done a great job helping me get this off the ground. Um, I'm obviously very grateful to the Maxwell Institute, especially Spencer Fluman, the director, um, and Jeremy King, who've helped me a lot with this project there. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of uh, where sort of our process of gathering, we started with uh, <laughs> just kind of a list that I came up with of different museums. Brigham Young uh, Museum of Art, uh, Springville Museum of Art, the Church History Museum, uh, some other museums and collections in Utah. Uh, I talked with some private collectors. I reached out to a number of contemporary LDS artists, and we also looked through their online studios to look for any Book of Mormon related art. We looked at commercial galleries um, 
online and in person. Uh, we looked through church media and um, catalogs and exhibitions, the international art competition that is hosted through the church every three years was a great resource. Um, also, Book of Mormon Central is a fantastic website that's already done a lot of great work in gathering uh, Book of Mormon visual art, and they have an annual art contest on Book of Mormon art, and we found some really wonderful pieces there, um, and, and they've been very supportive of our project, too. Um, so that, that was how we kind of got started. It was just sometimes even just Google searches and looking at Pinterest um, or some uh, sort of public art um, databases like DeviantArt is one. And we were just finding so many interesting things and things that really haven't been accessible to the public before. Um, and then as we, as we cataloged these artworks that we found, we have um, a number of different data points that we're adding to each one. So the obvious things like artist, title, date, medium, dimensions, uh, which are sort of your standard <clears throat> art caption items, but then also things like um, what is the scripture reference for this? What, what chapter of the Book of Mormon does this refer to? What's the topic? Who are the, the figures that we might recognize in this piece? Uh, what are the symbols or even the animals that we see here? So you can search by animal in the catalog. Um, we recorded exhibition history, awards, um, church media use. So you can see where the pieces have been used by the church or not used by the church. Um, what else? Uh, publications where the piece has been talked about or shown in in literature and books and articles and blogs. <clears throat> um, I feel like I'm forgetting something. I don't know. Oh, oh yes. Also the the artist. So we talked about where's the artist from? What is the gender of the artist? Um, and uh, and we've included the artist's website to direct people there. Um, and as we were gathering things, we tried to develop a very structured vocabulary. Um, this was hard to do, <laughs> so, but to, to facilitate the, the search functions on the website, we needed to have things very uniform and streamlined. So that's been a, a process that's kind of developed organically based on the pieces we were finding. Um, and, and, then, and also I should mention, we, we weren't really um, trying to judge any of the works. So um, in terms of their skill or um, their approach um, or whether they're affiliated with the church or not, but, but anything that deals with content, the stories of the Book of Mormon, we wanted to include. Um, so they don't necessarily represent the views of the church or, or my views or the views of the Book of Mormon art catalog, but we just see this more as a, a sort of a clearinghouse and an index of what's out there for people to know what's going on and how people are engaging. So some of it, you know, some of it is very professional, um, great artists. Some of it is very amateur. Some of it is um, uh, from the children's contest through Book of Mormon Central, <laughs> the children's art contest. Um, some of it is clip art. And um, we even have a Lehigh's Dream done with emojis, <laughs> which is kind of fun <laughs> just to see <laughs> how are people engaging with Lehigh's Dream and 
someone's doing it with emojis. So maybe, you know, <laughs> I have to look for that one. That's amazing. No, I noticed when I was uh, reading through your site that you definitely said that this does not necessarily represent the official views of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And, and that's good because uh, so much is open to interpretation and you can find what you want because I I absolutely I have a story about you know my mom she's in her late 80s and she's grown up in the church with pictures of Jesus the way G, this is what Jesus looks like to her this mm -hmm. is Jesus so I thought it would be interesting just to show her some of the more recent depictions with more of a Middle Eastern flavor to them you know of Jesus in different settings and, you know, she looked through a couple of pictures. I, I took her through some things online, you know, said, look at these beautiful pictures that they're coming out now, you know, with, of, of the savior. And, and she goes, well, that, that's not Jesus <laughs> to her. That's not her Jesus. I mean, her, her belief is structured around that powerful visual image that she grew up with for decades. So art, art is powerful. That is for sure. Yeah, That's a really great example. I love that. Yeah. And, you know, I want to mention too, um, some conversations I had with um, Caitlin Connolly, who's an artist in Utah, and um, and also Joseph Spencer, who's a re um, professor of ancient scripture at BYU. Um, I had some conversations with them a couple years ago, where, where we were talking about some of these issues and um, and about Lehi's dream in particular, and um, and and we wanted to find ways to make art more accessible and also allow room for different kinds of interpretations and, and to promote more art. Um, so I just wanted to mention, I'm, I'm grateful to them for, for their thoughts on this project. And, and so many curators at museums um, have been really helpful. Um, the Church History Museum, um, Laura Howe, who's the curator there, has been a huge supporter of the project and um, you know, the the Church History Museum has an internal catalog of, of their collection, but that's not accessible to the public. Um, but they um, they allowed me to, um, to to look at it. <laughs> and and so we have in our catalog pieces that are in their collection that have never been really seen outside of the Church History Museum. And even their existence has never been documented out. You know, people may not even know these pieces exist. and. Um, and it's really exciting. There's some really beautiful, beautiful ones. Well, uh, boy, this is really great. And we really, uh, all this information you bring to the table is just absolutely fantastic. But this is a, a, sh a show about Book of Mormon art. And I think it's time for us to look at some Book of Mormon art. So I've enabled screen share. And okay. uh, you're going to kind of just take us to the website, which, by the way, we'll have links in the description for, for you all to check out. And uh, just give us a little visual tour. Uh, Book of Mormon art, maybe some of your favorite pieces, and and we're just going to have some fun talking about it today because I, I I find this to be just a great topic, and uh, I really appreciate uh, you sh sharing this with us today. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, let's get into the art. So, all right, I'm gonna try to share my screen. <laughs> and I warn you, Steve, if we go in here, this may be a three-hour episode. <laughs> it's hard. To, it's hard to come out of it once you're in there. There's so much to see. Oh, wow. So we got Book of Mormon art catalog.org is the name of the website. I look just based on my eye. It looks like we got a, a t-shirt painting here. Is this correct? Yeah. So this is um, Minerva Teichert. Um, this is her, um, the house of the world, which is her interpretation of Lehi's dream. 
And yeah, this is our, our background image on the front. And I, oh, here's, here's the caption down here. Can you see that? Oh, mm -hmm. um, this is at the BYU Museum of Art. And I love this piece because, um, well, I love the style and the colors, but also I love the emphasis that it has on Soraya, who is hardly ever emphasized in Lehigh's dream artworks. And this piece is really unique this way. Um, and here's here's Lehigh over here um, holding. Sorry, this can't see it because we've got all our logos and stuff over it. But <laughs> you can go to the actual entry. Yeah, yeah there he is. Okay. Yeah. So Lehigh and then and Soraya and her sons here um, holding on to the iron rod coming to the tree of life. So this is the home page. Um, so Book of Orbit art catalog. And I'll just there's some information about the art. Um, I want to come back in a minute to some ways you can browse through the artwork. Um, we have a few featured entries, just, uh, just some fun things if you were just looking for, just you didn't know what you were looking for, just wanted to explore. Um, some endorsements from scholars and, and how they're using the catalog. Um, we keep track of some of our news and our um, where we've been in the press. And okay, that's the end. So let me take you into one of the an actual artwork entry. So this is by Walter Rain. It's called One by One. And then you can see the artwork here. Um, you can, if you want to enlarge it a little bit, you can. Um, so up front here, we have the, that main information I was talking about, the artist title, um, the date, and we the medium. We know it's oil on board. We don't have dimensions for this one. Um, and then we've Reference this as Third Nephi 11, um, where Christ is in ancient America. We always include the copyright. Um, we really want to respect the intellectual property of the artists uh, through this project. And um, I'm so grateful that artists have been willing to um, allow us to share their artwork here. Um, so we include the copyright. If I if I put used with permission, it means I actually have a, a signed form from the artist saying it's that it's good for us or it's okay for us to post these images here. Um, and I'm actually hosting these images then. So this is a, a permanent repository. I'm not relying on linking to somebody else's site here. Um, the images are mostly low resolution, right? So this isn't the place where um, you should print off <laughs> images, right? Because again, we want to respect the, the artists and their copyright. So um, so down here, we've included, um, if we go to the artist tab, you can learn more about this artist. Um, and we have their website and this link will take you directly to his website where you can purchase prints. Um, we have his Instagram and his uh, email if you wanted to buy something from him. Um, and that's where that's where you could go if you wanted to get your own image permission for a publication or or purchase a print. Um, just show you also under references. Um, I was telling you how we had cataloged church media use, so you can see the different places this image has appeared where the church has used it um, in a manual and some ensign magazines. It's also in the church facilities artwork catalog. Um, which is approved images that can go in meeting houses. Um, and then it's appeared in a, a book by Terrell Givens. And also here's another link to um, a commercial website where you can buy his, his prints. And these, these links take you directly there. Um, under insights, 
These are some of the things my team and I have actually tagged each image with. So the technique and style, again, the figure names, um, some of the symbols that we see in each piece, and then any additional info. So sometimes we know that the piece is, is owned by the Church History Museum, but it's actually on display somewhere else. So if you wanna know where it's actually located, that'd be here and some exhibition history. Um, I'll just click on this, this one. And so I'll show you, it'll take you hopefully <laughs> to, uh, to this website where it's in the, an exhibition from the church. Um, so that's how, um, that's how the, the entries work. Um, can, I, can I show you a little bit about the search functions? I would love for you to talk about that. I found that that's why I'm always in a rabbit hole on this because the search function is so robust. You can just parse out whatever you want. You can you can just find everything in any way. So it's amazing. Yes, take us through the search. Okay, thank you. Um, so one way that is a really fun and easy way to jump into the catalog is using this browse the artwork. And we have six categories here. Um, and you'll notice they're all Liahona images which I thought was kind of fun just to see mm -hmm. different ways that artists are depicting the Liahona. Um, and because it's kind of a directory, I thought that was kind of fun. So um, if you click on artists, it'll bring up a list of all the artists, the individual artists we have in the catalog. Um, do either of you have a guess of how many individual artists we've cataloged? My goodness. I mean, it, it... I don't even think I have a ballpark. I mean, how about it's hundreds and hundreds of names? Yeah, 500. Five? It's 600. No, that's my guess. 600. That was close. 600. Yeah. Oh, wow, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let me just click on Michael Hall, who's a, a really a sculptor who's doing really exciting work right now. Um, he is doing a bunch of Book of Mormon sculptures for an installation that um that they're planning. Um, I think it's called Christ in America or Monument in the Americas Park. Um, so you can see here all his different sculptures. Um, I'll click on this one of, of Abish, so then you can learn more about that particular piece. Um, so that that's how um, that's how it works for for. So you could look just by artist, right? If there's or you know, um, let's see, Steve. We were talking about Tykert too. Let me go down to her. <laughs> Wow. I know and there's just there's so much so you can see all the Tiger pieces yeah. um, many of these came from the BYU Museum of Art and there's pages of them yeah. oh here's the here's the house of the world that we were talking about okay okay and then um you can also browse by date um so you can well, just what's it, what, 1871 which one is that all right yeah so these are the ones you were talking about yes so there they are <laughs> That is so awesome. So you guys are recognizing now because Devin hasn't officially come out and said it, but I'm the one that identified this. These as being the oldest extent paintings, and it's this little gentile comes in and then does this. I think it's so cool. Uh, yeah, wow. as far as I've been able to uncover, um, now and the Church History Museum curators have dated these as 1871 to 1875, and this is from a panorama by CCA Christensen that he did as a missionary tool um, when they were preaching to Native Americans in the area in Utah. Um, so 
how, how they came up with that date, I don't know exactly other than they know that that's when this mission was happening, um, that Dimmick Cunnington was using this as a missionary tool. Um, but they think sometime between 1871 and 1875, and they are just gorgeous. Um, this is the one on the cover of that um, pioneer um, issue that you were showing. Um, Moroni hiding the plate. So here we have um, Moroni with his helmet and then and Mormon here uh, with the plates. <clears throat> um, and you're writing a book on this whole whole uh, CCA Christensen um, story, which is amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I am. Um, I am under contract uh, with University of Illinois Press um, writing a book about CCA Christensen. Um, now, and Steve, I want to mention too, in 1872, we do have this baptism of Limhi. This is George Ottinger, um, and he recorded in his journal in 1872 that he had just completed what he said was the first visualization of a Book of Mormon scene, and it was this baptism of Limhi. Um, so it's interesting because he probably didn't know about the the other panorama from 1871 because that was really just being used in a very specific way um but i just thought that you might be interested in yeah, this is the first recorded well and that's uh you know i do i do want to say that there is reason to believe that it was 1871 i don't remember the details but i, do, I there's 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 pretty good evidence that 1871 is the is the probably the correct date but i also heard about this one being an 1872 one after um words and i've got somebody whose claims they found one from 1870 um i'll have to he says circa 1870 so we'll have to see um okay. we'll, we'll, but that's another piece that might be identified soon as well yeah and i think this is so exciting that scholars and other interested people are um are trying to piece these puzzles together and to right and now we have some tools to help us try to catalog and figure out which one was the earliest and and why, what were the scenes that were depicted earliest? Why would they have picked those? Like, why was baptism of Limhi the one that George Ottinger wanted to portray as the first Book of Mormon scene that he, in his mind? Um, I don't know. <laughs> um, and, I, and I think it's really interesting to look at how they were portraying it, how they were drawing on a lot of European iconography, because that was what they knew, European art. Here's the David Hiram Smith you were talking about no you guys have that dated as 1875 i thought 1874 was the date but i could be wrong on that yeah um yeah i know chris thomas has said 1874 um community of christ told me 1875 i, I i'm not that's why i have a little circa 1875 mm -hmm. i'm not 100% sure and i think this is one a piece that definitely needs more research i would love for someone to dive into the the history and provenance of this piece and tell us more about it. Yeah. And I think searching by date, it also gives you a sense of what the emphasis was at that time. You know, it changes, like you said, why that baptism? And then you mm -hmm. look forward, you can almost track different stories that are, you know, mean different things to people at different times and have a different importance, I think, in an emphasis maybe by the church. So that's an interesting way to search too. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, okay, we can also look by scripture reference. So um, these are the, the chapters I was telling you about. Um, now it doesn't actually go in order of the actual Book of Mormon, it's just alphabetized. 
So if that makes sense, you have to just look through an alphabetical list. So let's go to third Nephi, um, yeah, third Nephi 11, where Christ comes to America. So then you can see all the images, some, some very figurative, some very abstract, um, and just get a sense of the different ways that people have imagined this moment of Christ coming to the ancient Americas. Um, Okay, um, place. This is where the artist is from. So if you want to see what's been done by artists from Mexico, you can click on Mexico and it'll show you everything we have from artists there. And a lot of them are, the titles are in Spanish. One of the only pieces of Hagoth we have is from Mexico. <laughs> um, uh, what would be another go? Oh, maybe Japan. Japan's kind of fun, beautiful tree of life that's oh, been wow. used a lot in church media. Um, some really gorgeous ceramics coming out of Japan. Um, so I guess that's the question. It's not just painting. It's it's sculpture. It's mm -hmm. ceramic. It's what other what other mediums are you seeing? Great question, Rebecca. Yeah. So we have cataloged. Um, painting, drawing, sculpture, um, film, uh, photography, textiles, uh, ceramics. Um, hold on, I have a list somewhere. <laughs> maybe I can read and can you search it. by medium? I'm guessing maybe you can. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, you can, yeah. Um, wow, uh, this is really... Uh... Uh, so <laughs> incredibly extensive, Rebecca. You said you go lost in a rabbit hole. You're absolutely no, you right do. About this. You know, <laughs> that's the thing. You know, you got to understand, folks. You know, I, you know, a lot of my time researching Mormonism, I didn't even have, I mean, this was before the internet. So I only had access to basically the, the, the Freiburg's stuff in the Book of Mormon. And then as I've been in this journey, um, doing research and reading, and you had referenced the Terrell Gibbons painting and stuff in that book. I, that was a favorite book of mine. I start engaging different artists and different interpretations of uh, Book of Mormon stories. And I always just get excited every time I see something new, a, a different thought, a different look that um, is just so fascinating to me. And it's it's so cool because, of course, I grew up in a world where a lot of people did paintings of stories from the book of the, the Bible and mm -hmm. uh, different artists with different ideas. Uh, it's, it's also it's also interesting how much... Um, like for instance, the Ten Commandments the movie, the Ten Commandments influences the visualization of like like Moses has to have that particular robe on, right? Mm -hmm. That he wore, and so our artwork. But what's so fascinating? I had Mark Elwood, uh, the graphic uh, novel artist and writer, uh, Mark Elwood, on last year, and he had mentioned how um, you have if you're going to do a painting of Nephi, he has to have a headband. If you're going to do a painting of Lehi, he has to have a beard. Because of the because of the role that Freiburg played in really imprinting these images, that everybody who does it can't it's not Lehi unless he's wearing the mm -hmm. headband, and, mm -hmm. and 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 that was good, going back to your mom, you know, how she had these visual mm -hmm. ideas of, of not Jesus. my Jesus, she said. yeah, <laughs> that's not my Nephi. Yeah, not. <laughs> so so I just think this is really cool, uh, just to get. And then I also really love that you did break it down from countries, and this is the thing too, you know, folks, you know, look 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 at all the countries that are represented here. Look at all the different yeah, voices. 46 countries represented. And my hope is that now that this catalog exists, 
I, I am sure that there is more international art out there that we just haven't been aware of yet. And I hope that that continues to grow. Right now, 85% of the artworks are from the United States. And I know there's more out there. We just need need people to let us know about it. Do you accept submissions then? Is that part of the process that you're just not going out and actively seeking? People are... Mm -hmm. Submit. And now that they know this is up and running, I, I would imagine yes. you have a lot of people that want to. And can anyone submit? You know, it's any just independent, yeah. little known artists who, who draw depictions that they can just submit. That's yeah, amazing. thank you for bringing that up. We do have this contact form on our website to suggest an artwork. Um, so you can uh, send in a little message. You can even upload an image of an artwork. Um, and we'll review it and get in touch with you um, and, and figure out if, if it's something we can add to the catalog. Um, anyone can send this in. Also, if you just have information about an artwork that's already in the catalog, if there's a piece of information we're missing or that we need to correct, we would love for, we really see this as a collaborative communal project, right? And we want people to engage with it and to help us build it. Wow. And that's, that's, this is really amazing. The work that you're doing, this is so extensive. I'm just, I'm really blown away by this and it's such, it's so beautiful. I just, even as an outsider and, you know, it's, it's verboten, of course, for evangelicals to be, <laughs> be doing this, you know, in one sense, but I think that, you know, I look at this way, the Book of Mormon has inspired many people's lives. It's inspired mm -hmm. these beautiful works of art. Mm -hmm. And I also say it's important that, you know, look, look at this, folks, just look at the beautiful paintings here and just how uh, the thought that went into it and how much, of course, the Book of Mormon me means to these artists as well. Um, yeah. You know, this this is this is really, uh, I think, a really cool thing. And and I think it's, it's just oh. for us to contemplate, you know, look at what the Book of Mormon has inspired. Thank you. Steve, I wanted to show you this one because you were talking about how Freeberg has affected the way that we think about Nephi. And this is 1890, so CCA Christensen, and this is Nephi making the plates, and he has a beard. Yeah. And um, I just, I love that this project is helping to recover that history of the 19th century Book of Mormon art that was happening that is really not familiar to most of us today. But there's a lot of really beautiful art and um, and thoughtful depictions of of the the scripture stories that are really fun to look at and there are ways that we don't typically see them anymore so i think it's fun to go back and see the way they've been visualized like that um okay going back to browse the artwork i'll just quickly show you you can also look by topic so this is just a list of topics that we came up with based on the pieces that we were finding. So if you click on Abish, it'll just show you everything related to Abish and the Queen here. Um, and then finally, style and technique. Um, and this is like the question you were asking me earlier, what are the different types of, of mediums or styles we were finding? So you can look by style, you can also see like what what's abstract um, or what's been done more in like the folk tradition so this beautiful mola i think this was from costa rica um this is a this is one from the church history museum by lita keith um uh who is navajo um and did this tree of life lehi's dream um in a traditional navajo rug weaving style 
Um, and this is one that has not ever been seen outside the Church History Museum before, and it's just beautiful. And I'm so happy that people can see it now. And you can see here under copyright that the church has given us permission to, to show this. The other way you can search here is going up to this advanced search button. And this is if you kind of know more what you want to find. So you can filter the catalog using all these different filters. Um, another fun thing about this is if you click on date, it'll bring down this drop down menu that will actually tell you how many pieces of art show up for each year, right? So there's five artworks for 1871, 23 and 1883, um, right? 155 in 2020. <laughs> um, so that's kind of fun to see those, those trends, yeah. Um, same for topics, you could, you know, you can see how many are done in each topic. So you can see which have been done the most frequently or which haven't been done as often. Um, you can do a multivariable, whoa, what did I do? <laughs> uh, a multivariable search here, let me go back to that. <laughs> um, so let's say you wanna look at Lehi's dream. Um, so you want to see everything on Lehigh's dream, but you only want to look at artists from Chile. So then it'll bring up these three gorgeous Lehigh's dream. This is Miguel Romero. Um, this is a kind of an amateur artist who does engravings on scripture cases in leather. <laughs> and this is Mabel Bellara, a, um, a Chilean artist. Um, you could just one other example that I love to give. <laughs> Let's see here. Um, you could look at, say you just want to see paintings um, done by artists from Argentina that have camels. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to see some Jorge Coco pieces. Uh, so lots of fun ways to narrow down what you're looking for and see the way people are engaging with the book. Wow. Well, is there anything else you want to show us on the website or do you think you gave any, any, any can, can you show us your favorite painting? Well, because you've talked so much about Freeburg, I do have to show you this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Micah Christensen is at Anthony's Fine Arts and Antiques in Salt Lake City. And they own the copyright to a lot of Freeburg sketches that have really not been very accessible publicly before. And they were so generous to allow us to include them. This is one of them. Um, this is Nephi with his bow. It's a sketch by Arnold Freeburg of Nephi. And what's really fun about this piece is the model for Nephi was actor Charlton Heston. Not surprising. I don't think I've ever seen a broader chest. Right? <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. Yeah. Well, that, so and, that's and what's really important too. Is of course, Fre Freiburg played a major role in um, the uh, visual visual uh, of uh, the visuals of the Ten Commandments movie. Um, he uh, Cecil B. DeMille consulted with him, and I don't know if people realize this. Here's another Mormon media potential Mormon media thing that could have made it in. But Cecil B. DeMille wanted to make a Book of Mormon movie like the Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. So there is a real connection there with Cecil B. DeMille and Mormonism. Uh, yeah, it's totally true. It is so fascinating that history. And I think you're exactly right that that these images have been so iconic 
in our culture um, and have affected the way people think about the scriptures and then the characters. Um, and has also really affected the art that's come after it, um, which is which is wonderful. And there's a lot that I love about these pieces. Um, but I also love having room for other kinds of interpretations. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, why don't we, uh, are you done with the website or is there something else you want to show us? Um, can I just mention one more thing? Oh, please do. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> um, I also just love the way this site is allowing us to highlight the diversity of LDS artists. Um, like we were talking about the different countries people are coming from. Um, but also just diversity in how the figures are depicted, right? So some of the the early um, the early depictions of figures they look very European and very white, um, and um, you know in more recent years we've seen um, more like Mesoamerican looking or um, Right, more more Semitic looking. Some of the early Nephi, like where Nephi is just leaving Jerusalem, um, they look more Jewish. Um, and um, I don't know. I just I think I think that's a really interesting and an exciting trend that people are thinking more about um, the history. I wonder if I could just show you an example here of Captain Moroni. Um, oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> here we go. Okay, and I think this would give you a sense of just how how things have changed a little bit. So um, this is just going to show us all of the Captain Nephi. I mean, sorry, Captain Moroni, right? So some of them, like this guy, looks very right, European American, but this one's done by an artist in South America, and it's a textile, right? And it has more of that Mesoamerican look, right? And here, here he doesn't look as European here, right? Um, um, these are, these are from the old manuals. You probably remember these mm -hmm. from the seventies. <laughs> Absolutely iconic. You just, yeah, it takes you right yeah. back there growing up with these. Yeah. So there's just, there's so much interesting art happening. And, um, I just, I, I love that this site gives artists a platform to reach a broader audience and allows us to see different interpretations. Um, oh, that's, that's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> And so if you wanted to see if there was a print available of a picture that you fall in love with here, you would access the artist information. That's kind of what you were talking about. So as you're scrolling, if you're interested in something like that, you would just try to contact the artist or how exactly would you do that? Because I can, I mean, I'm, I've already fallen in love with many images. I'm sure that lots of people will say, I, I'd love to figure out if I could get a copy of that or yeah so exactly you could well we don't have it here but typically we try to put the artist's website here um or under references we usually will include if it's sold at a commercial gallery like altus or haven light or something we'll include a link to that too so different ways to to buy it yeah great okay thank you <laughs> thank you okay all right found the end this and the the screen share and then, okay. and then we're going to talk for, we're going to wrap this thing up. There's a few things, a few questions, follow-up questions I have for you. Um, first of all, thank you for, for that. That's great. And thank you to all of those who are involved with this project and sharing this. We want to, we want to commend you, the work Jenny and your team, and those of you who have uh, been financially supporting this endeavor. What a awesome, 
awesome thing this is and and, and just great. Um, Jenny, I um, I wanted to ask you a question, but I just I want to go back to your book real quick. Um, what do you have a working title, and when do you expect it to come out? Um, so I I don't have a title yet. <laughs> um, um, yeah, but the manuscript is due a year from now, so I'll okay. be working on it pretty heavily this next year, and then not quite sure what the production timeline is after that but so at least a couple years before that comes out okay. two or three years probably yeah rebecca Such a great story his story is so amazing i looked into it a little bit and just how you know they talked about how he would go from town to town place to place and by lamplight i can just imagine you know the room of people and they would unveil these tapestries it just must have been overwhelming and then how they were lost for so long and or just you know, put away, no one knew and then rediscovered. It's just, it's a great story. We look forward to your book. That's amazing. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, I'll let you know when it's finally out. <laughs> I'll have, we'll have you back on to talk about it. That's we'll do good. a Mormon book okay. reviews, maybe episode yeah. about it. Flash um, Mormon media, because it's a book about oh, art. True. So maybe we'll have to do a hybrid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hybrid show. Um, Jenny, I just want, I wanted to ask you, you know, you're a faithful member of the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints. Mm -hmm. And I know the Book of Mormon must mean a lot to you in this artwork. How has been doing this project helped you on your faith journey? Well, thanks for that question. Yes, I am an, an active and faithful member of the church, and um, I, I believe in the Book of Mormon, and I um, have studied it my whole life and have a, a very special um, feeling about it. Um, I've always been sort of haunted by the, the scripture um, in Second Nephi that says th the words in this book are are crying to us cried unto us from the dust um and and i love the ways that people are trying to engage with the scripture and um and, and try to try to hear these words that are coming to us across across the centuries um you know i've been i've been really um impressed with the work that some scholars have been doing in looking at the book of mormon from more of a literature studies perspective, um, right? So um, people like Jim Falconer and Adam Miller and Rosalind Welch and Joe Spencer and Sharon Harris and Jenny Webb, they're just doing fantastic work in um, this very careful looking at the, the actual text, um, looking at the structure of the text and, and what we can learn about why, or from the way it was written and why it was written the way it was written. And, and I see this project as kind of a corollary to that where we're looking at the way the text has been translated into visual art. Um, and, and I encourage people to do the same kind of careful looking of um, looking at the art, um, spending time engaging with it, comparing pieces to each other, thinking about why, why we see the art we do and how does that affect the way that we think about the scriptures? How does it affect our testimony? Um, and I think art has a, a really powerful ability to bring us closer to Christ and um, to express the intangible, right? And in a way that text can't, I think it can reach in a different kind of way. Um, and I know I've been really touched looking at some of these pieces. Um, Annie Poon has some gorgeous etchings in this catalog of Book of Mormon art that Really spoken to me on a very spiritual level. Um, she has one of um, 
from Alma, and I think it's called Angel, and it's um, it's about that scripture when who is it Ammon and um, Aaron <laughs> uh, are. Aaron, Aaron's complaining, feeling like their work is too hard, the missionary work they're doing. And, and Ammon just gives this beautiful testimony of um, the grace of God and the way that he's upholding them and, and helping them uh, and sustaining them. And, and Annie visualizes this in her etching in a really gorgeous, really powerful way um, of how, and I, to me, the piece, you'll have to look it up, but to me, the piece shows just how often God is present in our lives, even when we don't stop to notice it, that he's He's always there sustaining us and ready to help us. Um, so that's just one example of how how the art has helped bring scripture alive to me. Um, and, and Rebecca, I want you to maybe do a follow-up question, but I, I do want to ask this too. So I have contacts in just about every branch of the restoration. And so I get to engage them. I was supposed, was planning on going to a church, church of Jesus Christ church service tomorrow, but the, my, I just got a message that that's gonna not, my my friend Josh, uh, an evangelist for that church, their flight was canceled, so I won't be getting there tomorrow. But that, I know they have art about the Book of Mormon. The Community of Christ, of course, has art, and there's so many, there's hundreds of churches that believe in the Book of Mormon and have their interpretations, their stories. So uh, I just want Jenny, you you encourage all the rest branches of the restoration mm-hmm. uh, and people in their churches to also submit anything that's Book of Mormon art related. Is that correct? That's exactly right. And we have um, we have worked with Community of Christ to get their Book of Mormon images in the catalog, but that is definitely a next step that we would like to pursue is reaching out to those other restoration branches. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So that's what that's what this is all about. So Rebecca, you have anything else you want to add? Well, I just think this catalog is amazing. And I think a lot of people don't realize how many religious branches consider the Book of Mormon their founding scripture, and it's incredibly powerful to them. There are so many people that love the Book of Mormon, and this is just a compliment to the text and a whole new way to explore it. And I would love to see some of this artwork in uh, mainstream LDS church buildings. I don't know if that would ever happen. I know they have a certain, you know, set of kind of artwork that's there but you know some of these are just so inspiring it, it would be amazing to have them available to a wider audience and this is a first step absolutely a first step so thank you so much yeah i hope for that too well jenny shampoo of the book of mormon art catalog thank you so much for coming on to the show today well it's just been wonderful thanks for having me and folks i want to thank you for watching this episode and leave it in the comments uh, maybe tell us maybe one of your favorite book of art uh, mormon art pieces that you like um and tell us uh if and also uh, say hey i got art you know tell me tell us about your art and stuff maybe you could even post it on my facebook page uh i, I just want to remind my audience that there's gonna be links in the descriptions to what we talked about including the website also if you'd like to financially support the channel on paypal as well as patreon uh there's links there also don't forget merch store and yeah so momentbookreviews.com we do appreciate a lot of people like to buy our stuff and, uh, you know, I just want to thank you again for, for uh, Jenny, for coming on. Thanks to Rebecca for doing a solid, doing this great job co-hosting for these MMR segments. And I just remind you all, all the voices of the restoration will be heard here on Mormon Book Reviews.